Gentlemen, I am stoked to have you on this episode and listening in on this conversation with this gentleman who, talk about, has overcome some incredible adversity. Uh, some of the stories he tells in this episode is just incredible and really life-changing. Um, he is an American Ninja Warrior and a former firefighter EMT. He was a fitness coach and a gym owner. Uh, as well as an online coach uh, for fitness. So really incredible background, a serial entrepreneur to say the least. He is currently the owner and CEO of In Demand Coach, where I believe he really helps clients consistently deliver their message, um, you know, converting their content and their message to really reach their, their clientele. So really cool what he does now. Um, he still, I think, trains uh, for American Ninja Warrior. He's been on the show. Um, so really cool background and really a go-getter in life. And so I was so excited to um, have him on here. And some of the golden nuggets that he drops, holy cow, the knowledge bombs are left and right. And so be prepared. I would definitely take notes. He has some really cool strategies on um, just living your best life and becoming the best version of yourself. So ju let's jump in. I want to introduce you to Jason Meland, uh, gentlemen. So Jump in, and uh, I can't wait to hear some of your feedback and reviews on this episode because it's it's a killer. It's great. All right, I'll see you in there. Welcome to the Muscular Gentleman. Muscular Gentleman, where we don't apologize for being men. Masculinity, sex, fitness, and attraction, helping men reclaim their masculine edge improve their sex life, get the body they've always wanted, and master their mindset to build a life worth living. This is The Muscular Gentleman, and now your host, Rustin Webb. All right, gentlemen, this is going to be a fun episode. Um, I have known this guest for well over, what, a year and a half now. Um, we've known each other for quite a while, and um, he actually ended up helping me with a project on a mobility course that I produced uh, a while back. And then we just hit it off ever since. So now I would consider us not only colleagues, but really good friends. And um, he has such an incredible background. I was excited to get him on the show because I think he has so much knowledge and, and just tips and tricks on life to, to drop for you guys. So you're definitely going to take a listen. Um, but this is Jason Land. He is a American Ninja Warrior. I'm not, I'm not even going to say former. I think you're still doing it, right? So American Ninja Warrior, a serial entrepreneur, uh, runs a, an amazing uh, online business, a coaching business. And Well, I shouldn't say coaching. You run a business where you are, what's the right term? Not coaching. I would definitely say coaching. Oh, coaching. Yeah, coaching okay, okay. Consulting. You yeah. do coaching. Okay. Um, I, I was going to say consulting, but I wasn't sure what, what word you prefer, but uh, coaching business. And um, so we're going to dive into all that, but Welcome, Jason Meland. Yeah, I appreciate you having me, man. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, I know a little bit about your story, and I want the listeners to kind of have an, a little background. But can we can we go back as far as to used to be a firefighter, right? That's right. Yeah, and I'm glad you said you want me to go back there because I yeah. was about to start. I was about to be like, well, in 1986, <laughs> I was born in. <laughs> so we won't go that far back. Okay. Okay. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, I, I used to be a firefighter from, I, I started in actually 2005. I started as a firefighter up until 2012. Okay. And 
that's a, it's actually a great, um, a lot of great lessons in becoming like an, a man and just bettering my life during that journey. I mean, I don't know how much you know about firefighters, but they love to eat and they love to cook. <laughs> and I definitely became pretty out of shape when I was working as a firefighter. In fact, it was about 53 pounds that I would consider overweight for, you know, my typical structure, um, body structure. And, um, it was in November of 2009. It was, we were working, I was a routine house fire, we would call it. Right. And so we arrive on the scene and we get to this, it was like an old mobile home park. There was flames coming out of this house, like insane. And we were like, okay. Um, and then our dispatcher said, Hey, there's two people in, trapped inside the structure right now. Oh man. You've got to get in there. And so myself and my partner made entry into this house. I mean, there's, we had the hose line on us and uh, my, our engineer was what they called it. That she went and put out or turned off the electricity. So it was obviously safe for us to enter. We couldn't even see there was so much smoke. So we were crawling. I was the front man. So I was spraying in the hot spots in this house and we couldn't see anything. We had our flashlights on crawling as best as we could through the smoke line. And I was searching for a doorway where these um, people were supposedly supposed to be trapped. And um, it turns out that my hand hit a dryer. The electricity was turned off for that mobile home. But what we didn't know is they were stealing electricity from their neighbors. And so a 220 volt electrical current went through my body, went out my back. I was in a puddle of water. The only thing that saved me later on, I learned was that, I was in a firefighter suit. <laughs> if I wasn't, I would have, I was in a puddle of water. I would have been most likely I would have been dead. Even though it wasn't an insane amount of voltage, it was enough to, it would have killed me. Yeah. But my partner removed me from the house, drug me out. God. And um, next thing I know I'm waking up. I never lost consciousness. I just don't remember a lot of what sure. happened, but I remember just like being in the back of an ambulance Um you know, hearing all this stuff. Uh, and then I came kind of more to consciousness in the hospital. And there was this doctor that was standing over me. I'll never forget this. This doctor was standing over me. He had, he had like grayish kind of white hair uh-huh. and he was looking down on me. I was in my young twenties at the time in my, you know, my, my, my mid to late thirties. Now I was in my low, my low twenties at the time. Yeah. He said, son, you're way too young to be this unhealthy and this out of shape. He's like, the electrocution is the least of your problems right now. He's like, your insides are just jacked. He's like, if you continue down this journey, the electrocution is the least of your worries. Wow. Because I was so unhealthy and so out of shape at that time. And I wasn't really taking care of myself. Um, And that really like, that really hit me hard. Yeah. And I remember going into recovery you know, the, the days and weeks prior, I was in the hospital for three days, three nights, pretty much like to pump my liver. Um, my kidneys and liver were so zapped literally that they were like dehydrated. They had to like pump them with fluids. And that's what sparked me on my journey to like really bettering myself, getting in better shape, you know, starting to learn how to take care of myself better mentally. So I wasn't going to food and alcohol and yeah. stuff like I used to, you know? So, so for the listener, that, that that's a, I love that story, man. I appreciate you sharing that. So, um, this was in your, your low twenties. What, what was just so the listeners can hear this? Like, what was your typical diet? Like, what were you doing? 
it's funny you say this because my brother-in-law, um, my wife's brother's a, uh, a firefighter. So I, I'm around it enough now. And it's so interesting. We have this conversation on a regular basis about how many of these firefighters are so out of shape. And I'm like, I look at some of them and they're so nice. Look, I'm, you know, they're amazing men and what they do is amazing. But I'm like, can you really, could you really save me? Like, could you really carry me out of a building? Uh, Cause some of them, I don't think, I think they'd be dragging me, you know, or whatever. But, um, you know, it just scares the, I think the number of, well, not just firefighters, but I think just um, what rescue and, and the different, I, I don't know. I, 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 I get worried about that. And um, anyway, I think it's, it's becoming less common now. And um, because there's been so many, like, like, it's just crazy how many deaths that I have seen in, yeah. when I was in, in the line of duty, but uh-huh. without it being in the line of duty, like there are so many deaths that could have been avoided of like heart attacks and things like that, that weren't actually related to the job. They were just related to lifestyle, you know, and I'd say like a typical diet. So there's two kinds of diets that I was on back then. There was like the seafood and eat it diet. (laughs) (laughs) There is, there is that diet. And then, um, there was the me trying to lose weight. And so like, I was trying to do like typical diet or thing, like eating canned tuna. Um, you know, I was on herbal life. I was like doing all of these different things to try to lose the weight. And then I would inevitably fail because sure. like I couldn't sustain that grossness. And so I would end up back like, you know, <laughs> I was up in North Florida, like Panama city area. And it's more like Southern up there. And so like, they it's good food like yeah, yeah. everything is <laughs> some, like some deep fried stuff ingredient number one is butter <laughs> <It's> yeah. like, <laughs> you know <laughs> well i mean fat brings out the flavor in anything right like that's like one of your go-to for flavor um so for the listeners if you're listening to this podcast just so you know jason Meland is a ripped dude like he's shredded so uh he's obviously in a different place than, than what we're talking from but um Okay, so this started your journey, and, and you tried these different diets, different things. Obviously, at that point in life, you weren't the educated man you are now, and 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 I mean, you've owned a fitness business, you've done all that stuff, so you've come a long way from that point. Um, what where where did you go from there? Like, what did you? You're trying all this stuff. You see the doctor. He's like, you need to change something. And what 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 was next? Like, where did we go from there? Yeah. And this is probably something that everybody can relate to in their own way, Yeah, you know? where you hit a point in life where you just know you need to make that change. I don't know if anybody, if you're listening right now, if you're like, yeah, I've been there before, maybe you're there now. And yeah. I hit that point where I was like, I know I had to change, but how? And for me, I started to just try to take care of myself physically. That's the only thing I really knew. I was like, okay, I used to do stuff when I was sport. I played like hockey in um ironically in south florida i played i played hockey is really big down there and i did martial arts i did all so i started to try try doing those things that i like you know learn like some of like the more conditioning drills and that's where i kind of started with like more physically um mentally i was i think a bit of, of a mess and i think that's what led me back to like um drinking a lot of alcohol eating bad foods but I started physically and I, and I remember like, that was like the gateway drug for me um, in terms of like non-drugs, but like, yeah, 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 yeah. Into like totally. you know, and 
I remember just getting in like decent shape. Uh, I wouldn't say amazing shape, but decent shape while I was still working as a firefighter. And I remember like my, my shift mates were like, holy crap, dude, like you've really changed. And they started getting inspired. And so I was helping them. They were like, I was inspiring them. I was helping them. I love That's that. what turned the love for me, helping other people. Like mm-hmm. I was just like, holy crap. It's so rewarding to see other people change too. And that's what led me into like this whole transformational journey that I went on was like, well, I am seeing great change. I love inspiring people. And that's what actually ended my career in the fire department was um, just realizing that I wanted to help people with their physical fitness at that time. You know, obviously I've evolved since then, but that's what, that's what ended my career in the fire department was me going and like continuing this journey on myself right, and, and, and others. So, okay. Uh, question the alcohol. I want to bring this up because I think a lot of people, you know, listeners and stuff, alcohol is always a thing, right? It's always a discussion. Um, I have a buddy that actually, uh, he was a client of mine for a long time. Um, he was a firefighter. He crazy story. He had to pull like a, a, a 14 year old boy that was dead and out of a lake. And, mm-hmm. um, he couldn't, he could not move past it. And, uh, he turned to alcohol. Like it was just one of the, I, he might not even admit that. I don't, I don't know if he's listening to this. I don't, I don't know if he'd admit it, but I think that that was a vice for him or it is a vice in a, in a sense that, that it kind of, you know, I guess slows the bleeding or, or just kind of helps a little bit, but was there any, was there alcohol at all involved because of some of the stuff you had seen as a firefighter or was this just something that was kind of like, you know, my guy friends do it, or it's kind of a social thing. I would definitely say it started before the fire okay. department. You know, like, um, I would say just growing up in the South Florida scene, you know, there's a lot of gang violence that I was involved in. There's a lot of things that like I've seen as like a a young child that I was like, um, uh, at the time a victim of, I would consider. Yeah. And so I think a lot of it, a lot of drugs and alcohol started because it was a way for me to cope. Um, and so I dealt with it for a while. I was actually arrested at 17, um, multiple felony charges and I had to go through a, a whole ordeal mm. um, with that. And then when I got into the fire department, like that never changed. I never dealt with all of the stuff. <laughs> right. Mm. And so, yeah, we did see stuff, you know, I saw, you know, we were in house fires where I would see, I, I see babies burnt alive. Oh my like, word. I can't you know, like, yeah. Like things that are very traumatic. I wouldn't yeah. say like, that's the reason that sure. I, I, I was drinking, but I definitely think that because I, that was like my coping mechanism, uh-huh. anything that like I saw or anything that I had that was more like that challenged like the ego, like I would just go towards like drinking and food and, and drugs and things like that because sure. I didn't know how to actually deal with it any other way. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you help all these guys. And you're like, I'm going to start a fitness company and drop, drop the firefighting gig. So that's a big step. And also, uh, you know, heroic in a, in a sense here, because now you're going after a a different purpose of, of, um, you know, not that you didn't have a, a deep purpose in firefighting, but like now you're going after helping people save their life in a different way. Um, what was the firefighter thing and even the, the fitness thing was any of this have to do with your desire, like deep down to save yourself, but also save everybody around you like a psychological piece to this. Yeah, definitely. You know, and I think it's just twofold. 
right? So in myself, and like, if you're listening, you can't see this, but if you're watching, like you see like there's Marvel characters and stuff in the background. Yeah. Like you got like the Hulk, Batman, you know, I got all kinds of stuff back here. Yeah, Thor, the and, Thor hammer. <laughs> yeah, the Thor hammer. I think at first it, it, it the, part of it was the wake up call. But then when I got into the physical fitness side, it was like, I think I'm um, coming from like a lot of gang violence and being the victim of a lot of like just physical, mental abuse. Mm-hmm. I think part of it was like, I want to just get so freaking jacked and ripped mm-hmm. that like I- I'm intimidating. <laughs> so I, even yeah. though I was far removed from that at that point in my right. life, like I was in the whole different state. I, I think mentally that was like initially like, yeah, it was about health because I was scared. But when I got into it, I was like, okay, if I'm doing this, I'm going to be so physically fit yeah. that like nobody, like I'm intimidating when somebody approaches me. Yeah. No one's going to mess with me. <laughs> yeah. And then, so that was part of it for me. I, I do feel like, um, I didn't consciously know that at the time, this is like work that I've done since then. Sure. But then the other part of it is, yeah, I think all of us have, it, it, maybe you don't know it. Um, I know you know it, but I'm saying like as a listener right now, maybe you don't know it or maybe you do. And if you sit with yourself, you probably do know that like you probably can just sense there's a purpose inside of you, like whatever it may be. Maybe it's for some of people to like, you know, play music or entertain people. Maybe for some it's to help them get fit. Maybe for some it's to help them with their finances or relationships. We all have this purpose. There's it could be expressed in a multitude of ways. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of people are just afraid to to take action on it because let's face it, it's scary to like, especially when we are so used to doing something like, you know, the guys that surrounded themselves with me in the department, they were like, yeah, we're just going to go put in 20 years, get, you know, in the re- 25 years in the retirement. And I was like, 25 years, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be like, you know, an old man. I was like, I would, I was like, and that was like the mindset. I was like, I would rather follow my purpose now and fall flat on my face. And yeah, yeah. I'm a bit more risk adverse, right? But it's like, sure. if you have that purpose inside of you and you're listening, like, I'm going to give you some actionable things that help me um, move closer into my purpose and like doing what I want to do, despite having that risk. But to answer your question directly, like, I did feel that 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 sense of calling and that direction um, to help other people, like that were also um, inwardly suffering. And they were coping with it through alcohol, through drugs. And they just didn't, like me, had no, they didn't know another way. It was just like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I'm glad you brought that up, the purpose thing. I think that's such a great, I, I feel like, you know, even with the men in my, my coaching program, I dig into that pretty hard. And it's, it's like, look, your decision-making can change drastically when you have a deeper purpose. Because now your, your decision-making becomes, is this aligned with what I'm trying to live for or is it not? And when it's not aligned with that deeper purpose, it's easier to discard than when you're just like going through life and you're just like, you're trying not to be the spectator. You're trying to be a participant in life, but you don't have a direction. And it's like, okay, you, you're just kind of now throwing things at the wall and hope it sticks, right? Instead of really having alignment. I think alignment and purpose are critical to living your best life. I think it's kind of a, it's, it's like the first and foremost thing you got to address, you know, at least start the path of figuring it out. Follow the breadcrumbs. I like to call it like, yeah. So with purpose, it can evolve. It can grow. It's like, there's a seed. And I feel like whether you believe in God, the universe, like whatever it is, your belief is 
I believe that like we are, are given like the seed and that's our thought, right? This is how we, we this is how we make things. Anything yeah. that's in existence. Elon Musk just like flew to space. <laughs> like, right? <It's> like, <laughs> like it all starts from like a seed, a thought. Yeah. And so we have this and a lot of people are like, they want to overthink and they're like, well, what if this is not right? And it's like, just follow the breadcrumbs. Like what I'm doing today is vastly different than what I was doing 15 years ago when I started following these breadcrumbs. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, but totally. like, it's still aligned with the same purpose of helping people fulfill their ultimate like desires and to end human suffering, which is really what my main mission in life is, you I know, yeah. but it evolves. And so it's like, I would say like, if, if you're somebody right now that you're like, man, you're not, you don't have the clarity on your purpose, but maybe you feel like there's something you're like, oh, maybe it's a hobby of yours that you like to do, but you're like, yeah. Dude, there's no way I could do this as like a full-time career or whatever. I would just say, start following the breadcrumbs and just pay attention to like opportunities yeah. that present themselves to you. And, and you never know what can unfold for you. I know that's great. Follow the breadcrumbs and, and, and two, right? Like I, it's funny, I, I, I'm in this space where I'm, I'm writing a book uh, for the muscular gentleman. And um, I, I talked to a, a, an agent uh, who, who works with publishers and stuff. And it came down to like, well, what do you want this piece to be? Do you want this book to be like kind of pushing people toward your coaching program? And I'm like, you know what? Deep down, I want this for my boys. I want this book for my boys and I want it for other men. And I want my story to help resonate and hopefully inspire them to be the best version of themselves. Cause I, you know, like you said, you have a purpose and, and mine's, mine's very similar, but it's like, I want to leave the world knowing I, I helped make it a better place. You know, I helped people be the best version of themselves in some way. And, um, and so the book, and she's like, then you have to write it for this purpose, not to try to like make more money or whatever the case, you, like you've got to make this you have to write it in with the right intentions. And I'm like, I totally, I totally agree. So it's like I, I had, I, I filtered out a perp or I filtered out a decision by just focusing on that purpose, but those breadcrumbs, you know, there's a secret to life that I've learned. Um, and I love it. <laughs> the secret, this is a secret that I actively, I actively apply to. I do my best. I'm a human being. So yeah, like sometimes sure. I, I, Right. But I do my best to actively apply to every area of my life with my coaching clients, with my family, with people around me, with you, with, with, with you listening right now. It's to, if you can leave each person or each interaction you have with a little increase, meaning like anything that you put out there, if you're putting out content, if you are speaking with somebody at work or um, at a gap, like wherever you are, if you can just leave the, in a book, if you can leave the other person on the other side, and with a little increase, mm. you will have everything you want in life. But mm. most people are so, and it's normal, like we're human beings. It's very normal. We just have to be intentional about this. Most people are very selfish. Mm. Even if they are compassionate and they do want to help others, we're naturally selfish. And so it's easy for us to like write a book and say, I want to make it all about selling my coaching program. Mm -hmm. But then it loses a lot of the value that it could have given to yeah. the reader. Because the intention is everything. Right, right. You know? That's good. I, what a, That is a great... I like your secret. And uh, and I, I'm excited for the listeners to hear this. because It's not mine. Um, it's well, a, a, from a book that I read. And I've just happened to apply it to my I love life. It. <laughs> well, and, and it's key here what you said, right? 
this is intentional, right? This isn't, this is something you practice. This is something you exercise and build a strength for to, to do that consistently. And, but it's so true because, you know, we, and I've talked to other guests about this, but that life of gratitude, that life of abundance, where it's like, the more I can give, I'll get it back, maybe even in a selfish way, but I, I can't focus on that. I have to focus on the giving and the gratitude um, and that abundance that I'll, I'll get what I need to continue to provide. Um, yeah. Yeah, man. And there, there's a, we want to go into like secrets that, uh, <laughs> along the way. I have a couple, I have a couple big ones that I feel like have um, actively to this still day in any area. I'm, when I like think of like, I have like a folder in my MacBook and I call it the master's keys to life. Mm. And these are like things that I put in there. When I come across them, I'm like, this is a principle, right? These principles are timeless that can be applied to business. It can be applied to relationships. It can be applied to um, sports. It could be applied to anything, family. Uh, do you want me to go, you want me to give the other one? Dude, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here going like, can you just drop sh- drop me that folder real quick? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's I, fantastic. Let's. I want to hear some of this stuff because I don't have that folder. I, I I think I'm going to start, and I think a bunch of listeners are going. I'm going to start a folder in my on my desktop. Um, that's brilliant, though. It's it's like instead of trying to remember this, I can look back on on a on a little document that can help remind me of all these different things because I think we hear I think we hear gold nuggets consistently throughout life. And we forget sometimes um, Mm -hmm. because life is so good at sabotaging something like that. The most successful people in the world do this, right? There's a document that has floated around the, the online consulting industry for I'm talking um, all the way back. I would say dating from even before there was internet, (laughs) there was just this document, but now it's on there. And it's a document that so many successful people, big time influencers, they use the same thing where they, they keep their philosophies, their rules of life, everything on one page, on one doc. Mm-hmm. And it could be a 15 page doc, sure. but it's something that is that I do personally. And I always read it every day. So I'm, I'm always like every day I have this in front of me, but that's how I start my day. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I go to my, my master doc and I'm just like, these are the philosophies I live by. These are the rules. And it just constantly reminds me every day so I can always stay on point. And I would say one of them I learned from American Ninja Warrior. And yeah, which I'm, I'm dying to jump into as well. <laughs> we'll get back to that. I, w- I want to drop into that story. But yeah. And I think that this is an important one um, for the listeners right now. So I'll start with the story and then go into the, like the, the, what I would call the, we can call it a rule, a secret, mm-hmm. a master key. Yeah. So I was going through a hard patch in my gym. We, we had just decided to franchise our gym, right? We had between myself and an investor put in about ADK. Okay. And a long story short, you know, after a few months, we, we recognized we probably made a bad decision. Like, okay. it's just, we starting to bleed members mm-hmm. without me there all the time. Our systems weren't as dialed in as we thought. And like, so it, it was going from bad to worse fast. And at that time, this is like this November, 2016, if I remember correctly, 
it was around February 2017, my first um, daughter, my first girl, I have a girl and a boy, uh, five and three. My daughter was born. And I remember like being so stressed out, like lying in the hospital room, like at a time that was supposed to be like my happiest in life. And I remember just being like so worried about everything. Uh And a few days later, I remember sitting in my gym parking lot and I was staring in the rear view mirror. Like we had taken out, I had taken out $45,000 in loans, credit cards, just to keep my staff on. Mm -hmm. I couldn't pay myself a paycheck. And I remember like looking in the rear view mirror, crying, like saying some pretty, pretty intense (laughs) cuss words that I won't repeat. Um, (laughs) And (laughs) I remember just looking at myself and being like, is this the kind of father that, that, this is the kind of father that you're going to be. Hmm. And I wasn't sure what to do at the time. And so I remember just trying to get my mind off of things. And I, I remember seeing American Ninja Warrior. I've been wanting to go out for it for years, right? For years. It, at this point, it'd been on TV for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. think they're on like season 14 now or 15. It had been on for like 10 years. This is 20. This was now... It was that next, it was that end of 2017 is when I applied, I believe. I have to go back. It was in that same like time frame. Sure. And I was trying to get my mind off of all the stuff that was going on. And so anybody can apply for the show, by the way. Like you just have to do a three-minute video um, and fill an application. And I remember through um, a friend of a friend, I ended up getting the head producer of American Ninja Warrior. Her name is Peter. I, I got his email address. We exchanged a couple of emails back and forth which that's a lesson in itself. Go the extra mile when you want something. And he graciously got into a phone call with me and he shared these golden nuggets with me. Oh, no way. That forever changed my life and definitely my business. Definitely my business. I applied it to my business, but my life, I'll share those in a second. But like the big thing here is to him, he probably didn't know that he was giving me these like lightning bolts of like inspiration. Right. Him, he probably gave this advice to like hundreds of people. <laughs> sure, I, I don't know. Sure. But to me, it was like, boom, like, oh, my God. And so I ended up um, getting onto the show. But then I got canceled. I got I got cut. Uh, right. Um, I used my electrocution story and they ended up having somebody else that was electrocuted worse. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> straight up. It's ho- it's Hollywood, right? So yeah, they, yeah. They, they cut me. So I ended up going into, um, and and pay attention y'all, because I'm going to share this. This is like the context for it. I waited in a walk-on line. At the time, you had to wait into a walk-on line for 28 days. Like I literally did my business out of this walk-on line. I (laughs) was like 28 days. Were you you, uh, married or or kids or anything? You, Mm -hmm. this was, yeah. So what what did you tell your wife? What was this like? Hey, uh, she's super supportive. She was just like, gosh, that's amazing. It was just like, a, I was like, I got to do this. Like, I can't, I, I, I committed to the idea of it. It's like, it got to happen. So long yeah. story short, I, I, I got on as runner number 13. So how it works is they run the top, they, they pick a hundred people per region. They have about six regions usually. So about 600 competitors, okay. each region, they let on anywhere from 10 to 20 um, walk-on runners um, just to get more footage and things like yeah. that. So and did so, you stay in a tent? Like in this line, did you sleep in a tent or like a sleeping bed? Like, what were you? No, we were able to go home at night and come back. Oh, and you, oh, so you save your space. 
pretty much all day. Then we come back. And if you didn't come back, if you, if you miss the check-in, yeah. you're, you're out back of the line. So when it's you like you sit there all day. Yeah. And then everyone goes home and sleeps and then you go back and sit there all day. Yes. That's insanity. Okay. They changed it since then. And I'll, and I'll talk through that. Okay. But like, here's, <laughs> so, um, I got on, I was in the warm up area. This was in Miami. There's a place called Bayside down there. Right. And it was it, three people before I was supposed to go on. I was in the warm up area getting ready. I could see the bright lights, a lightning thunderstorm comes through and they had to shut down production. And they were like, sorry, we got all the footage we need. You're what? good. So I was devastated, like devastated. And the next year. So, sec- so, like, so you tried twice, so, you know, essentially. Both times. Yeah, I got in the yeah, when I got devastated there. And I was I was I was pretty much like, I'm done with this. Yeah. I'm yeah done. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of us probably experience like these adversities, like we go out for something and then we yeah. get shut down. And I was in that mindset of like, I'm not done with ninja, but I'm yeah. done with like trying to compete. And so but the next year came and I was like, I'll submit an application to see what happens. So I did. Same story, um, different one. Different story this yes. time. And they they didn't call me. I didn't need to call back. Okay. And so I was like, I'm just I'm done. And this time it was in Atlanta in my region. And so my wife's like, just just go. And so I bought a one way ticket to Atlanta. I flew out there. And this time they had a lottery system, so you didn't have to wait in a line like you did previously. Okay, nice. <laughs> and so uh, I ended up getting chosen out of hundreds of people. I got chosen. It's number eleven. And so the way it works, they, they changed it now, I think post COVID, but like, and, and I'll be going out again this year. This is my, be my first year in like a few years okay. that I've actually tried. Um, but the way they used to do it is you ran overnight. So when the sun goes down, they start filming. Mm. Right. And so we get there at 4 PM and they filmed to 4 AM. Wow. Right. And so I remember the time, this was Atlanta. It was like 20 degrees out, which I'm a Floridian, so that's mega cold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just shaking, shivering. And it was about 3.50 a.m. I, I still hadn't run. And I heard the producer saying, hey, we've got, we've got two runners left. And then they called a runner, and I was like, that means they had one runner left. It's 3.55, and I know they usually shut down about four. So I was like, I was like this sucks. Here it yeah. goes again. Yeah. And right when I was just like, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm not getting caught. I'm not getting chosen again. F- again, I'm here. I've been here since 4 p.m. Overnight of freezing. All of a sudden, I hear the producer say, Jason Milad. <laughs> I'm just like, and so I got to, I, I had my chance to run the course that night and I, I made it onto the show. And nice. The rest is history. And so the big lessons that I want to take from that, yeah. there's like two major ones that I'm going to give from this. The first one is do more, put in more effort than you think it's going to take. Mm. You're going to get told no in life. You're going to get devastated. You're going to face adversities. But when you really want something, the level of effort, and I'm not talking about work hard and grind and be yeah, successful. Yeah. But I'm talking about just a level of effort that I experienced that it takes to, to get something is sometimes a bit more 
than most people think. And that's true for any area of your life, whether you're trying to better a relationship, grow a business, improve your health and fitness. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's the level of an effort is what happens is we start to apply effort in an area. And typically most people, if you don't get this, you're lucky, but most people get some kind of adversity that happens to them. Mm. And then they try to continue to apply the same effort, but they're blocked by a literal obstacle. And I learned that you have to go above and beyond reaching out to a producer, you know, getting on the phone, flying out, buying a ticket, waiting in line. Now that to me, this is something I was very passionate about. So I, I was, I was okay putting that kind of effort into to, to succeeding. The second lesson I learned, I, and I guess part of that is to never give up on, your, on, on yourself, right? Yeah. Because you're capable of achieving things. But the, the other big lesson that I learned in there is to trust yourself, to trust yourself, like to trust that you have what it takes. Like is, prior to that, I didn't trust myself. Like I didn't trust myself I, I, to, to do these things. I was, you know, and I was like so easy to like, to want to give up, even though I didn't. And so it's like really in sitting with yourself, most people may say, yeah, I trust myself, but do you? Yeah. Do you yeah. need to get approval from other people before you do things? Yeah. Or do you, do you trust yourself? That's so good. I, I there's, um, you know, Matt, I, I feel like, and this is, this is, there's a guy that wrote a book, uh, his name's John Eldridge and, uh, it's called wild at heart. Uh, it's a, it's a little religious, but there's some really incredible stuff in there. And, you know, he, he says that, well, this is what kind of something he's drawn from. And he believes that men are, are born with this innate question of, do I have what it takes? It's like their question yeah. that they live with and that they spend their life trying to answer, or they just ignore it and suffer and to some degree because they're not answering that question. And it's, it's exactly what you're speaking to. It's, it's like this. There's so many of us men, I think we know we have what it takes, but there's so many circumstances or life experiences to tell us otherwise. And we listen to that instead of that deeper, that deeper voice inside that's saying like, you have what it takes. And, and like you said, trust yourself, like you can do this. And it, and, and it goes so well with what you, what else you said, which was like, it might take more effort than you think to prove to yourself that you have what it takes. But when you get past that spot and you burst through maybe like that one obstacle, you're going to hear that voice even get louder. Um, yeah. And I, I love that. That is, that's such a good, I think every man should be grasping at that on, on such a deep level of living their life, you know, that you have, you have what it takes and to ignore all the other white noise around it, you know? Okay. hundred percent. Now I feel like you, you, we, I don't hope we didn't lose you on this one, but you, you said that the, the producer said some stuff to you that was life-changing. Yeah. So, or am I fast tracking um, you here? No, he did. He okay. did. So there's a few things. And what he said to me, I've, I've really sat with this stuff for the last couple of years and I've really unpacked it and kind of formed it into my own, into my own pieces of wisdom, just based on experience. So one of them came from the level of effort. One of them was like, it's going to take a bit more effort than you think. Mm. And I didn't understand it until I experienced it. (laughs) And then that's one of the things that's changed, not just my business, but my life, because it's like anything that you want to, I want to achieve. I, I recognize now 
that it's going to take a particular amount of effort and it's probably more than I think it's going to be. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm open to that. The other thing is, and this doesn't matter if you're running a business or anything in life that your story matters, right? We're all trying to get a point across to somebody, whether it's your kids or a church or a friend or family member or something. And not just like a personal story. Like one of the things he said to me is like, the stories that that N- that NBC chooses to show to the world are the things that are going to resonate with everybody. Mm. And so at some point in your life, maybe it's on a daily basis with kids or your family, or maybe you run an organization, or maybe you're in a networking group, or there's so many areas you can like apply this to, but most people just don't think they have a story. Mm. And they do. <laughs> and the most normal ones win. So whenever you're trying to get a point across, Think about the storyline to it. And that's one of the things that truly helped. Another piece is tonality matters, right? Like there are times when I'm trying to get a point across to my kids where I am not, I won't actually be mad. Mm-hmm. There's no like, but I will raise my voice and come down with a more downward tonality because it gets a point across. Like in sales, I have to use this all of the time because it helps get the point across the certain things. So tonality has been huge in all areas of my life because mm. when you have and tonality, we can go deep with this, but it's really simple. It's just like the emphasis you put on certain words and the cadence in which you communicate. And there's upward tonalities to where there's like, Oh, there's so many different kinds of tonalities that we can classify, but that was a huge one because that was an area of something I could apply to anything. Yeah. So, um, especially like, you know, if you're trying to, no matter what you can use this at work, Yeah, you know, it just, and, and if you're like, don't want to go too deep in tonalities, um, and you're listening, just practice playing with the emphasis and the cadence when you're communicating, whether you're talking to a boss, an employee, a family member, especially when you're trying to get something that you want, <laughs> mm. <laughs> because it's powerful. No, it, I mean, it's, it's huge. Uh, I, I was listening to a Tony Robbins podcast. He was talking about this and just the way you say something dramatically changes everything. You know, you can, you can be monotone and, 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 and say something, or you can use tonality and, and absolutely change the entire energy of the room. Right. Yes. Uh, with you and, and whoever, or even, this is what's funny. Uh, I think they brought this up briefly and I'll, this is, this is good for the listeners because what Jason's saying is so powerful. Your tonality with yourself is actually mm-hmm. something that people start that, that they don't look at. And it's like, you know, we all have this self language, but what's the tonality with it? Is it this bland monotone? You got this, you can do it. You'll be good. Or is it like this crazy, like you got this, you have what it takes. And it's like, how are you speaking to yourself and how is it resonating inside of you? Cause that can be a huge difference maker one of the things that he had said he didn't say it like this this is one that i've kind of like now through experience have actually like really been able to identify he said just follow the process like just Mm. you know um for the video and stuff like that because they give you an outline he said follow the process and he said it to me and i was just like yeah i've heard that before (laughs) and so i was like but like here's why this is a master key this is a master key right here in my folder. Mm. Something that I learned, and I learned this from a coach of mine who I was beating myself up. And again, this could be applied, this is applied 
to business, to relationships, to anywhere in life. I was beating myself up because some months in business, like, well, I have like a crazy month where I'm like, whoa. And other months, it's like, damn. Yeah. Am I gonna go out of business? <laughs> you know, right, so right, it's like yeah. entrepreneurship at its best. <laughs> and this and the same thing could be true in like relationships. You can have a great month and then like a, a off week or with yeah. your kids or with with your health and your fitness or with any area of your life, if you think about it, right? There's always yeah. ebbs and flows, ups and downs. And so I learned that like it's not just about following the process, it's about falling in love with the process. And it's about identifying the intrinsic value of your processes. So in business, it could look like what is the intrinsic value of your processes over the span of, let's say, six to eight months. Mm-hmm. And so like if you are if you make 120k in revenue one month then the next month you make 10k and the next month you make 50k and the next month it, it's like taking the baseline mm-hmm. and it may be like my, the intrinsic value of my processes over 6 months is 35k. Right. That is currently what your processes are designed to produce. Right. If you want to get better, fall in love, find the gap, improve the skill set or whatever needs to happen. And then all of a sudden the value of that process goes up. And so now you end up making an intrinsic value of say 60K and then it can go up. In fitness, it could be the same thing, right? right? It's like, you know, maybe one month you lost, if you're if, say for weight loss, we'll sure. use it because it's an easy. So you lost like 10 pounds one month. You're like, yo, great. Another month, or maybe even with muscle gain, you could do this. But like, then the next month you lost one pound, then you lost five pounds and you lost nothing. And then it's like, oh, people like beat themselves up. Yeah. But it's like, if you just look at the intrinsic value, like how, like what has been the overall process for you over like, what is like, oh, so you're on average losing about five pounds. Okay. So now we have, and so now where do we have to, so if you want to do more than that, yeah. What do we have to improve? And then we can look at the processes of like, what's your workout routine look like? What's the nutrition? Like how many calories are you eating? How's your mindset? And we can start looking at what part of the process needs improvement. And so falling in love with the process and then looking at the intrinsic value in any area of your life, you can do this. Yeah. I love it. It takes the emotions out of it, mm. and, it and it puts us in the driver's seat. So now we are in control and not our emotions, not our ego. You're getting, uh, you're getting masculine on us. Cause, uh, you know, I talked to my men about how masculinity logic and reason is very masculine. Feminine is more emotional. Not that that's a bad thing. It's actually a good thing in so many ways, but there's times where we can get caught up in an emotional, uh, space where it, it can hinder us. It can hurt us. And that, that is one of them is when it comes time to decision-making and, and being very decisive, We've got to become more logical and kind of remove the emotions in, in certain areas to, to make it more uh, beneficial. But that's fantastic. I love that. It's um, it, it's so true. And I liked what you said when you uh, you said, you know, let's find the gap. Where's the gap, and how do we kind of close that gap? It, it is. It's 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 any area of your life. And um, I think that the process of stuff becomes it's it's not sexy right? It's, no. it's kind of boring. It's, um, 
it's doing all this stuff you don't want to do, or it's just not fun, you know, on so many levels. Um, but what's funny is when you do fall in love with the process and you know this, and I know this from, from the fitness side for sure, but it's like, when you fall in love with the process, um, you actually kind of start forgetting about the end goal or, or what you wanted. And it's like, you're just kind of like tinkering with these processes on a regular basis because it, for whatever reason, it's fun. You know, the mm -hmm. training side for me is what actually got me into fitness. And it was, and, and when I was in sports and college and stuff, I loved the training aspect more than I did the races when I was a sprinter and, and all these different things. Like I was more in love with the, with the training aspect. And then I'd run a 20 second race and it was like, that was fun too. But now I'm excited to go tinker with what my end result was and how to fix it and make it better. Like it was the tinkering that was just so yeah. fun to me, um, which I find very interesting. Cause I think, I think that might be an entrepreneur mindset. I'm not sure, but, um, but yeah, that's good. That's really good. Yeah. So, okay. Um, let, let me, so, so what exactly, I'm just, just pure curiosity. What, what got you, you went into fitness, uh, from, from this experience as a firefighter and then you start helping people, but what, where in the, like, where along the lines were you like, I am agile. I'm, I'm super good at hanging from things with two fingers. Like I want to do American Ninja. What, what pulled you into American Ninja warrior? Cause that's really cool, man. Um, so I totally, um, I'll tell you, I wasn't agile. Uh, <laughs> so back in like, back in like high school, uh, middle school, even, um, like I was just always really good at pull-ups. Like even when I was like scrawny, I was just like, and like, I always had these like biceps and like, in fact, my, my dad now calls himself Papa. I think it's like genetic, like, you know, like, and like, I always had these like peaks that came up. And so, like, I just naturally loved to, like, go into pull-up bars and stuff. Even when I was out of shape, I was just, like, great at pull-ups. <laughs> and so, I don't know. I was always fascinated with ninjas. I saw it was a lot of that stuff. And I used to watch it back at the fire department. You know, we'd sit there in our lazy boys when I was, like, overweight. And I was just like, oh, this looks cool. I should do it. And then I was always too scared to do it. Mm -hmm. Well, I would say, like, when I got into fitness, I got more into, like, I got into all kinds of things. I did obstacle races for a while, which fed that right sure. and then i got more into bodybuilding and like bodybuilding and sprinting and so when i got into ninja this is when i first started getting into it was in that 2016 time frame because i was like okay if i'm gonna go for the show i definitely gotta start training yeah. <laughs> and so i remember starting to train and i was like really jacked at the time um i suffered so many they, I now call them ninjuries, like ninjuries. where <laughs> I had like pains in my elbows, tears, just like, I mean, I was at like an orthopedic surgeon and I was in, in therapy for like, like pretty much every week for years. And I was just like, I don't know if I could do this. <laughs> it's just so many injuries <laughs> and pretty much for about two and a half, about two and a half years, I'd say I, I suffered a lot of injury in ninja and then I became very agile. <laughs> so I'd say for the first couple of years, it was kind of like, you know, it was watching like a really like kind of oversized, you know, gorilla swing around on like, and it was, so it wasn't probably a, a great sight to watch. And then finally after just, and again, another lesson in life really is consistency, um, overcoming adversities 
falling in love with the process, all of these principles is pretty yeah. much what I applied to my ninja journey. Yeah. I then became agile. So, you know, the, the hanging stuff is just because I naturally, I don't know, for whatever reason, I was just gifted, like sure. this dude could just do pull-ups. And so I naturally just wanted to find more ways I can use that skill, <laughs> the talent I had. Um, the agile in this came from just consistency and just therapy and just constantly conditioning, getting myself using the mobility recipe. <laughs> yeah. Mobility Did you have to lose some, some muscle mass to kind of get more, more ninja yes. fit? Yeah. Okay. hundred percent. Yeah. So you lost a little bit of weight just to kind of peel back and, and get more into that. I mean, that's like when I was a sprinter, I mean, good grief. I, I remember my coach literally telling me my max weight, like literally sat me down in her office and said, this is the most you can weigh. If you get past that, we're going to have to talk about how to lose it back again. Cause they had these, you know, I shouldn't say algorithm, but they had these formulas of if this guy is this tall and blah, 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 here's his stride length. Here's your weight capacity to be able to sprint at this high level. But I mean, we had a kid in the, in the, on our team at, uh, this was at the university of Colorado. We had a kid be told he had to lose 18 pounds in, I can't remember how many months or he was being cut. I mean, he, he. And, and I remember being just so mad about it, but they didn't care. It was like, you either make weight or you're not on the team. I mean, that's, you know, this, this is obviously division one level, like craziness, but um, it, it's a job. But yeah, I mean, if you're going to do American Ninja Warrior, obviously there's a set point that's going to disrupt what you're trying to do. Uh, and, and no amount, no, you couldn't add more muscle to make it easier. It just would have made it harder. Right. Um, well, that's really For cool. sure. Yeah, yeah, you see some of these kids these days, like they're um, like legitimately kids. I'm talking like 12 to 15 year olds. Like they're, <laughs> they're like nothing. I'm yeah. trying to tell them to do push ups. Like, but they're like, they're, they're so lanky and they're just like, <laughs> like, you know, so it's, oh my God. Um, but I feel like the new, the new age of like Ninja warrior are going to be like these hybrids of like these kind of like linky, but a little bit of muscle, mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, athletes. And those are going to be the best ninjas. Like I love weightlifting. I have a, we built a gym in my, in my, in our garage. It's like, I'm going to weightlift forever. Is that yeah. it? And so, you know, it's just part of like what I do. And so I'll always be more muscular, but like, I've, I've definitely, um, honed the abilities of, of the ninja per se yeah, over the yeah. years. Yeah. Kind of a, a high, yeah, like you said, your own version of a hybrid for that. Well, okay, man, this was so fun to have you on the show. Like I really, really appreciate these nuggets are insane content for people to, to be, I hope people are taking notes on this or they're listening at it uh, again with it, but, um, absolutely love what you, what you've dropped here real quick. I have two questions. One, um, you were, you mentioned the, the, the stuff in behind you, you kind of mentioned, alluded to these superheroes behind you. Were you going somewhere with that? Cause you kind of mentioned it earlier in the, in the episode about, uh, these characters like the Hulk and things like that. Um, not necessarily going anywhere. I mean, I think it's just kind of like a, a belief of mine, um, that I've rooted into where, um, my journey to becoming the masculine gentleman mm -hmm. has been, like rooted in getting myself to be physically fit mm -hmm. like them. But then what I've realized over the years, um, you know, in business and running a business that will teach you a lot about yourself. What I've recognized over the last 10 to 15 years has been, we all 
have our own superpower. And I know it sounds cliche and like, yeah, but we really do. Yeah. We really, we really do. And like how each, each one of these, not each one, but I would say the majority of superheroes, if you, especially if you think about like Batman who doesn't have any actual superpowers. Right. But like he developed his skills after major adversity. Mm. And I would say like that we all have that inside of us. Like we all have the ability to become our own version of that for our families, for our kids, for ourselves. And we all have that purpose, which a lot of times we recognize and we realize our purpose after adversity, after tragic stuff happens, maybe not always, but a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. No. And I love that too. I, I've said this in other podcasts, but I, you know, the, the superhero mindset, I think is so phenomenal. I think everybody should adapt, adopt it at some level, but it's, it's also like, if you look at the superheroes lifestyle, they're not sitting on the couch watching Netflix. They're not just have this easy life and they're hitting up vacations in the Bahamas on a regular basis. It's like, if you really want to be a superhero, you are overcoming adversity on a regular basis. It's not easy. It's hard work it's a grind and it's tough, you know, and that's, that's, I think what a lot of people don't want to accept about the idea of being a superhero, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that's why like going back to just falling in love with the processes, whatever that means for you. And if you're like, yeah. I don't know what the process is supposed to be for this thing. <laughs> your job right now is to figure that out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Totally. Totally. Okay. Where can people find you? I know you're, you, you coach uh, entrepreneurs, um, some in the fitness world and some even outside of that, but on, on messaging, like, can you tell us a little bit real quick? I know we're running out of time here, but a little bit about it's, what you do. It's really simple right now. It, it, I'm going to evolve. So our, our vision is what our podcast is called, which people could definitely go to our podcast. Yes. It's called the school of impact. Okay. And that's our vision to where we're going to have them. Um, we're in the process of doing that. I mean, we're building as we speak. Um, a massive school academy, if you will, where we're teaching other entrepreneurs, other coaches, other business owners, how to get their message out to the world. And in a way that helps get them clients that helps deliver better results for their clients. And really everything that you need to be able to effectively market your message to, to your audience. That's really what we do now. And that's like the vision um, we teach right now more specifically, we're really helping more fit pros be able to get their message out and get clients from their marketing. Like that's our like claim the fame um, using content. But our podcast is a great opportunity because we, and I know you've been on the podcast before. Yeah, we, yeah. The School of Impact, while I do talk a bit about business, we do have episodes on there Um that aren't just business related, that are more about impact. And that impact can mean in your family, in your life, in different areas. So if that's something you're interested in, if you're like, man, I would love to learn more about like personal development and, you know, just being able to impact the people around me and myself, I would say to go listen to that. That's awesome. School of impact. And it'll say by Jason Melander with Jason Melander. Sweet. Exactly. I'll, I'll drop that in the description for sure for people. Um, what is your definition of a muscular gentleman? Yeah. Um, I would say, and this is a great question. I would say for, <laughs> this is like kind of like an on the spot type. Question, I, yeah, so. I, <laughs> I, I would, I, it, where, where, when you said that, like the first thing that comes to me is somebody that is constantly striving 
and never settling. So like striving, not for necessarily an outcome, but that's constantly bettering themselves physically, mentally, emotionally, and understands the when they have to be in the masculine role, understanding when they have to be in the feminine role mm-hmm. and learning how to do that masterfully. Mm-hmm. That love- to me is like the first thing that comes up um, when yeah. I think about the muscular gentleman. Nice. That's a good one. That's really good. And, and it's so true, man. It's, it's that balance. I think, I think we all run to the black and white. We want, you know, one or the other concrete one or the other. And instead of this balance and, and having a little bit of the best of everything, but in a, in, in kind of a emotionally intelligent aspect, right? How do we mm-hmm. kind of take that on um, with, with some maybe more logic, you know? And so that's really, really good, man. I, I am so glad you made it on the show and I'm, I'm so glad that, that you carved out some time for me. Cause this was fantastic. My listeners are going to eat this up, man. And uh, I actually want to go back through and listen to it. And as soon as we get off this call, I need to start my, my folder, <laughs> my master yes. on my desktop, because that was really good, man. And uh, I love that philosophy of just keeping track of what, can keep me in alignment, what can kind of drive my life in, in um, these concepts, these rule of thumbs or even rules to, to, to live by. And that's, that's fantastic, man. Yeah, so, absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Jason Miland, everybody. Um, give it up for him. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. You've been listening to The Muscular Gentleman. Finally, a podcast that's unapologetic for being a man. Thanks for joining us this week. Make sure you visit the website, www.themusculargentleman.com. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS, so you'll never miss a show. While you're at it, if you like the show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or just tell a buddy about the show. That would help, too. Don't forget, Rustin is available for private coaching. Embrace your masculinity and live the life you've always wanted. See you next time on The Muscular Gentleman.